Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 2 of Beyond Black History Month. I'm Femi Redwood. We're kicking off the season by talking about that recent study that links hair relaxers to cancer. Researchers found that women who use perms were at a higher risk of getting uterine cancer compared to women who don't. In fact, several women have filed lawsuits against perm companies. I talked to some very smart women in the hair care space. Apparently, perms are not the only hair care products that are problematic. I'll get to that in a bit. But I wanted to cover this topic for two reasons. One, this reminds me of the Johnson & Johnson baby powder lawsuits a few years back. If you're unfamiliar, 40,000 cancer patients sued Johnson & Johnson. They say its baby powder caused mesothelioma or ovarian cancers. Now, for generations, women used baby powder as a genital antiperspirant. They sprinkled it into their underwear. Plaintiffs say, according to a study, that talc in the baby powder is linked to cancer when used close to genitals. And a lot of the plaintiffs are black because Johnson & Johnson marketed heavily to the black community. Another reason I wanted to talk about this perm cancer study is it feels like more women are going back to relaxers. They had a perm as a kid, they went natural for years, but now we're doing relaxers again. For example, my niece's mom had a perm most of her life. When my niece Marcia was born, her mom Kim decided to stop getting perms. Kim wanted to make sure Marcia grew up knowing her natural hair was beautiful. Kim tried for a long time. Wash and goes, box braids, silk press. But she just didn't love the styles. What she did love, the permed pixie cut that she had worn for years prior to Marcia being born. So, recently, she got a perm. Now, Kim saw the reports linking uterine cancer to hair relaxers. But for her, it was worth the risk. I'm natural, but I wanted to understand that, not from a judgmental perspective, but because I'm curious about the whys that drive us in life. (laughs) 
My name is Blake Newby. I am a beauty and fashion editor turned beauty and fashion venture capitalist. She's also a content creator and one of the women whose hair journey brought her back to a relaxer. Growing up, she was natural, but her hair was kept washed, conditioned, and blow-dried. My mom was the mom that had me in the salon every two weeks. I had a lot of hair, and I think she realized very early on that it was going to be a challenge for her to do it. Dr. Tara Taylor, an assistant professor of sociology at Morehouse and a natural hairstylist, had a somewhat similar experience growing up. I had thick hair. That was what I heard. I had beautiful thick hair. My mother didn't share the same hair texture that I have. And so actually my grandmother, my aunts, and even the hairstylists were the people who were responsible for doing my hair. Living in Oakland, Dr. Taylor was taught to embrace her natural hair. However, I also remembered being a young girl and being teased about my hair, being teased about my hair texture. But that's not what pushed her to get a perm in high school. I was about to run, start running track, and one of my aunts said, you need to get a relaxer. Dr. Taylor was told it would be easier to manage, but it wasn't the right choice for her. So she eventually, and intentionally, went back to being natural. Blake, on the other hand, started getting a relaxer when she was 12, and then she accidentally went natural. So I went to Howard University, and my freshman year, my mom, you know, she had said, she was like, Blake, like, we should figure out a way to budget so that you can get your relaxer done every, you know, certain time frame. Me, being Blake, I was like, no, I can do it. I began perming my hair in the dorm rooms. You probably know where this is going. This one particular time I'm relaxing my hair and I think I left it on also a little bit longer, you know, a little razzle dazzle. I was like, let's really get it straight. I go into the shower and clumps of my edges begin to come out. So she did the big chop and went natural. She was natural for 10 years. During this time, she went on to become the beauty and style editor for Essence magazine. She later went on to work in the venture capitalist space where she connects investors to black brands. When I was leaving editorial, I was like, look, I still need to be in the position where I can uplift and empower brands founded and created for people that look like us. So here's the thing. Caring for natural hair can be work. Washing goes, at least for my hair, there is nothing wash and go about it. But I've been living a wash and go life where I need that ease. My job and life got more hectic and I simply got to a point where I was like, I can't keep caring and tending to my natural hair in the way that I want it to. And as someone who mostly prefers to wear my hair straight, I was doing more damage to my hair with it being natural one of the things you often hear when going natural is that your hair will grow longer than it would with a perm. Blake didn't find that to be true. Plus, her leave-out was severely broken. So in the summer of 2022, she went back to a perm. It was better taken care of because what I realized is, for my life, I was better at taking care of relaxed hair than I was natural hair. And it wasn't because I didn't love my hair, it was because my bandwidth. She touches on another myth, that women who relax their hair are ashamed of their blackness. But undeniably, straight hair is historically worshipped and centered in the U.S. This is something Dr. Taylor has found repeatedly in her research. She says the benefits black people receive are connected to how we are perceived. This topic came up a lot in one of her studies that examined the natural hair care movement. 
It found that black mothers are especially concerned with how hair will impact their children's adult lives, including finding a partner and getting a job. So you being pretty means that people assume that you're competent. They assume that you're nice. The study linking relaxers to uterine cancer was done by the National Institute of Health, or NIH. It made me think about the various health issues that Black women are having in terms of reproductive health, as well as some of the other health issues. NIH looked at data for more than 33,000 women for 11 years. Of them, 378 uterine cancer cases were diagnosed. That's only about 4%. But uterine cancer is incredibly rare. It is, however, the most common cancer of the reproductive system for people who are assigned female at birth. The NIH found women who used relaxers more than four times in the previous year were more than twice as likely to develop uterine cancer compared to those who didn't get relaxers. Researchers didn't look at specific brands or ingredients, but they noted some of the chemicals found in straighteners could be connected, like parabens or formaldehyde. Many of these chemicals are found in various hair products, but the difference is when you get a perm, the product sits on your scalp. So scientists say exposure may be worse because of that increased absorption. And if you scratched your scalp before getting a perm, which of course you're not supposed to do, but those chemicals could be absorbed through your newly opened pores because scratching opens pores. When Dr. Taylor first heard about this ovarian relaxer connection, it also reminded her of the Johnson & Johnson lawsuits. To be clear, Johnson & Johnson's baby powder label did not say to sprinkle it in panties, but many black women said they thought that's what you're supposed to do because it was marketed to them as a feminine hygiene product. Johnson & Johnson has put out repeated statements saying all those allegations are false, but either way, Dr. Taylor says perms are just another thing marketed to black women that's linked to major health issues. It makes me think about the regulation. So certain things are not FDA approved, right? Cosmetics do not have to be approved for it to be available to consumers, but they can be regulated. According to the FDA, color additives and cosmetics are the only thing that must be approved for its intended use. The onus is on individuals to complain about a cosmetic product for it to be flagged. And so when I think about black women in lupus, black women in, in uterine fibroids, and you think about what is it about our circumstances, because a lot of things having to do with health are social determinants of health. Dr. Taylor is concerned perms can impact a person's health in other ways. The idea that the relaxers often burn, and we were told to tolerate it. She believes that reinforces the socialization that black women should just deal with pain. And when added to the numerous studies that show black pain is less likely to be taken seriously by medical professionals, it creates this normalization of pain. It also creates this normalization of some of the counter effects of the relaxer that we're not expecting. If your edges are kind of like thin, if your hair is thinning out, that's just the process of the relaxer. 
But actually, it could block that our body is trying to tell us that we're having some kind of autoimmune reaction. She says hair can be one of the ways our body lets us know something's wrong. So if a woman's hormone levels change, you might start seeing thinning or alopecia. And so we're blocking all of that because of this process of relaxing our hair. Blake is aware of the dangers of perms. She talked to her OBGYNs and trichologists about it. The number one thing that they said was, look, you don't need to do it super frequently, right? So I'm not a every 30 days relaxer girl. They also said, you know, the reality is there is systemic racism in hair care, period. Past relaxers and perms, right? And the thing is, the vast majority of products made for black women and our hair have endocrine disruptors. According to the NIH, endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the body's hormones. Some are linked to developmental, reproductive, brain, or immune problems. And these endocrine disruptors are kind of surrounding us. They can be found in flame retardant chemicals, which are found in furniture and electronics. They can also be found in fragrances and certain plastics. So the first thing that I did when this study came out was I talked to a doctor and I said, look, what's going on? She gave me fantastic context about the study. Right. It was a very limited selection of participants and of those that they observed. Every single woman observed has a sister who has had cancer before. Again, she knows relaxers are far from healthy. Remember that scene from the documentary Good Hair where the perm literally eats a soda can? You can smell that relaxers are terrible for you. When I'm getting them, I'm like, there's just no way. Like when you smell it, Jesus Christ, so pungent, so potent. That is why I choose to use it in moderation. I do four relaxers a year. Like I said, the doctor, I said, so should I stop? And her answer was so straightforward and so straight to the point. And she simply said, it is just too soon to tell. But she made it clear there may come a day where that answer is absolutely yes. I absolutely will go natural again if a study comes out there where it's like, look, ladies, stop. In a world like this, you really... I, it sounds terrible, like, but like, but I feel like it's almost like a pick your poison, right? My poison is just going to be quarterly relaxers to make my life a lot easier. She says there are just so many products that have things in it that just aren't great, especially for black women. The number one goal of so many of these brands is just to scale. The thing is, is as black business owners, I think that it, it weighs a little bit more heavily on what we do and what we choose to do because the goal of any brand is to scale and eventually sell. And what you get is you get these brands who started off small, most of the time paying a lot of attention to the ingredients that they use and all of these things. And when you choose to scale, certain things have to happen, certain ingredients are compromised, et cetera, right? I think the perfect example of that is the honeypot backlash. Unfortunately, you cannot produce at mass volumes in the way that these brands do when they are smaller. It is impossible. And so... I think that what happens is, therefore, the quality, it, be, it begins to lack and it begins to change, right? Well, not always does it lack, but it has to change. And I think that what has happened with hair, though, is it's lacked. And so you look at these ingredients and it's just like, okay, so it's silicone free, but you all have a million and one other things in there that are just useless. And then two, when these brands are no longer owned by us, these people who don't have investments in the health of our hair are like, well, let's just slather it in oils, right? What I have found, it's been proven that the point of a lot of these products is to put the hair in a position where the consumer has to keep buying it for the hair to keep being healthy. If your hair is not lathered in it, your hair will dehydrate even faster. Those are the type of things that these brands do to continue to get you 
to keep buying and buying and buying. And that is something that we're seeing right now that is just so prevalent. So how in the world do we pinpoint what could be causing issues in black women if we're all exposed to the same determinants of health? I remember an elder once telling me that she recognized that there was many people that she had grew up with all were developing cancer. And she realized that they had lived near a landfill. Right. And so you think about this process of backtracking. I mean, we are using Vaseline, petroleum. You know, I think about all the things that we use, but then also the things that we also hear about our health that, oh, black people are predisposed to high blood pressure or we're predisposed to cardiovascular disease. And even too, when we think about the research on black women more likely having fibroids in comparison to white women or non-black women, they have fibroids too. But what if we're not getting the same preventative care? Or what if there are certain things that we're being exposed to that are increasing our likelihood? And we just don't even know where to make the connection. In addition, will medical providers believe black women? Let's go back to what I said earlier about pain. Study after study shows Black people do not receive the same levels of care. There have been some doctors and dermatologists who have told Black women to change up their health hairstyle practice, right? But the thing about that is sometimes what is the social cost for that? It can impact your job, your relationships, and your self-esteem. So I think there's also this particular precarious dance that we're having between what, where are the correlations with our health but what is the social cost of this thing? Black hair has been policed in the Americas from the moment Africans were enslaved. For example, in the 1700s in Louisiana, some black women would wear jewels and feathers in their hair. But because it attracted the attention of men, including white men, a 1786 law was passed that required black women to cover their hair with scarves and texturism. The preferential treatment of those who have a straighter or wavier texture of hair has also been a problem, which is why throughout history, some black women straighten their hair as a tool of survival. That straight hair was more accepted. In 1909, the first hair relaxer was invented by Garrett Augustus Morgan Sr. If his name sounds familiar, it's because he also invented the three-position traffic light. The idea for relaxers came while he was working on a sewing machine. He discovered that chemicals to fix sewing machines could also straighten hair. He tested it on a dog who had curly hair before trying it on himself. In 1971, the Lie Relaxer was commercially produced. And then by the late 70s, a black-owned company, Johnson Products Company, introduced a no-lie relaxer. Also during this time, beginning in the 60s, there was an explosion of natural hair during the civil rights movement. We saw this again in the 90s and 2000s neo-soul era. In fact, in 2013, according to Mintel, hair relaxers had declined 26%. That decrease was attributed to naturalistas. Today, as some women return to relaxers, there is a sense of guilt. Blake admitted she felt this way when she decided to go back to relaxers. But then she connected with a natural hair curl expert who she admired. And I asked her, I said, I'm tired. And I was like, should I feel guilty? She was like, absolutely not. She was like, hair is not supposed to. As black women from the time that we are born, we are taught to care almost too much for our hair. For so many women, it carries so many emotions. And I think I was tired of my hair carrying those emotions for me. And so I talked to her and she was like, no. And so 
she was like, but think about your why. And once I figured out my why and I realized that my why had nothing to do with me not loving the hair that grew out of my hair, I love my natural hair. But I can't give it the care and the love that it deserves. I can't give it the time. This internal struggle is real because as Dr. Taylor mentioned earlier, natural hair can open you up to discrimination. In 2019, Dove found that black women are 1.5 times more likely to be sent home from work because of their hair. They're also more likely to be perceived as unprofessional because of their hair. Dr. Taylor says this is why when she talks about relaxers, it's not from a place of judgment because education and job opportunities are often based on ideas outside of what we think about ourselves. That's why I'm always very mindful about, even as I'm interrogating maybe some of the behaviors that we are engaged in, understanding that there is a particular history and there has been consequences. You know, black women were fired for wearing their braids, wearing their natural hair, the role of our family in terms of promoting certain aesthetics. It also comes from a certain type of racial protectionism that our families are trying to do for their children. The idea that if you look unkempt, people assume you're delinquent. When you do not look presentable, your mother is assumed to be a bad mother or you come from a bad home. There's so much that is attached to just how we show up in the world in our own bodies and what it means for even the friend that's next to us in terms of our mother, in terms of how I show up is a reflection of all black women. And as more lawsuits are filed against these perm companies, people are going to make judgments about, well, if you thought this relaxer caused this disease or this illness, why'd you keep doing it? I just want to make sure that we stay mindful of all of the other dynamics at play that go into our particular decision-making process. There seems to be a constant ebb and flow of hairstyles, but Dr. Taylor says she's excited to see how the natural hair care movement has shifted into different generations. There was a point in the movement where, particularly in the new wave of the movement after the 80s, kind of the 90s, where there were college girls. There were these college girls who were going natural at the HBCUs, the sisters who had the PWIs, but they were still a part of their black student organization. And we didn't really see it in the professional sector. There was a point where daughters were talking to their mothers and to their grandmothers. And what we started to see, we started seeing natural hair outside of just the space of the young girls who were in college. We started seeing lawyers, doctors, and even grandmothers, you know, who were getting their cute little press and curl, they were going natural. She says this highlights how the naturalistas created a sort of cross-generational education and showing that natural hair can be viable and acceptable. If you're thinking about going back to a relaxer, Blake says, know your why. And regardless of what you do, look for reliable information. There are black trichologists out here who aren't biased. Try to look, look into real journalists, true journalists. I don't advise listicle style articles like here are the best products for natural hair, right? From a large publication, because what happens there is a lot of those are brand relationship driven, right? But I found that the best resources community not the women who you know you might follow and all of these things you know that have these huge followings but or the women in your backyard whose hair you look at and you're like your hair appears so healthy your hair does this and talk to them this idea of why is also important to those who wear their hair natural dr taylor says there are those who are natural 
but the hair is still connected to an idea of beauty that centers a proximity to whiteness. And this is not a judgment call. I want to be very clear that I am not being accusatory. I'm just thinking about what goes into how someone has been brought up and raised and actually socialized by their family, by their family members to embrace a particular particular aesthetic. We have internalized these ideas about beauty. And even while we're natural, these ideals are still floating all around us. Dr. Taylor hopes this Relax Our Cancer study raises awareness. We have to be mindful of like understanding what are the dynamics, what are the social commitments and social contracts are the reasons why Black women are making the decisions, right? So it's one of these things where we could just pass this judgment. Well, I wouldn't wear a relaxer. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do this to my hair if it's going to make me sick. And the thing is that Black women experience various forms of discrimination, various forms of marginalization due to systemic gendered racism. And this touches on both Dr. Taylor's and Blake's hope for the future. Simply wanting other Black women to just have the freedom to be. I hope that when it comes to Black women and their hair in the future, Black women are less policed, feel more liberated, and more empowered to do whatever they want. We are policed in not just hair, we are policed in everything that we do, in how we dress, and how we carry ourselves, and how we have to present in, in interpersonal relationships, and in how we are expected to to show up every day in the world and what we are expected to to endure. Allow Black women to present how they choose in the world however they want to. I do not care if the wig sits at the middle, in the middle of her head. If that is how she wants to present, then allow her to present that way. As Black women, the least we can do for each other is stop trying to police each other with our hair. Some states have passed crown laws, legislation that bans discrimination based on protective or natural hair texture. But as of now, there is not a crown law on the federal level. It passed in the House, but in 2022 it was blocked by Republican Senator Rand Paul. He believes the Crown Act is not needed. It's worth mentioning, former First Lady Michelle Obama said she wasn't comfortable wearing her hair in a protective style in the White House. So if the former First Lady is concerned, you can imagine how it feels for those with less power. And on a slightly random note, remember all the girls on the boxes of relaxers when we were kids? Apparently, they never had a perm. They were getting their hair washed, conditioned, and blow-dried. Now, if you want to know even more about the black hair care industry, check out an episode we did last year. We juxtaposed Madam C.J. Walker's legacy with the lack of black-owned hair care products today. Thanks so much for listening. Beyond Black History Month is a special production of Tencent Wins and WCBS News Radio 880. If you're enjoying our series, please rate and review our podcast. It helps us in the podcast rankings. Special thanks to producers Dempsey Pollott, Joe Webb, and audio engineer Andy Egan Thorpe. And I'm the host and managing producer of podcasts, Famey Redwood. Thanks for listening. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.